Hi, this is David Meltzer. I just want you to listen to episode 34 of Authentic Athletes. What is up, everyone, and welcome to Authentic Athletes. I'm your host, Greg Jones, and it is my job to provide you with a fun and meaningful conversation from your favorite athletes. And today, we have a nice little treat for you. I sit down with Forbes and entrepreneur, top keynote speaker, and a former sports agent, Dave Meltzer. And I wanted to talk with Dave because he provides a different perspective on the sports world, one that the media doesn't really cover. And I was pretty surprised, and I think you will be too, by the lessons that he takes from being in the sports industry. They are very similar to the lessons that many of the athletes take. You know, for example, time management and the ability to work with a team. You know, there's so many life lessons that that he goes into in more detail. And so Dave is currently the CEO of Sports One Marketing. It's a marketing agency that he co-founded with Hall of Famer Warren Moon. And I want you to pay attention to how he manages his time. It's pretty impressive and it's based on a rule that is very easy to follow. There's so much to learn, so I wanna get right into it. Please enjoy this conversation with Dave Meltzer. Mr. Meltzer, thanks for being on the show. Ah, thanks for having me, Greg. I'm really excited to speak with you. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on. You know, you have a very reputable resume. You are a successful businessman, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and you're also a top keynote speaker sharing positive, encouraging messages. So as I was planning out this episode, I was trying to figure out what questions to ask to maximize your time and also the time for our listeners, because there really is so much to ask and so much knowledge to gain. And I I really, I I wanted to do it by keeping the mantra of lessons from sports, you know, keep the branding of authentic athletes. And I wanted to do something a little different for you and make it a little more fun. So I want to start with the Wayne Gretzky famous quote of you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Can you share a time when you didn't take a shot? or move forward with a specific opportunity and you wish you would have? Oh, God, there's so many. But yeah, early <laughs> in my career, hey, it's awesome. But early in my career, I was working uh, in technology. I, t- I did take my shot out of law school and didn't uh, become a real lawyer. I actually um, uh, took my shot and was smart, became a millionaire within um, uh, you know nine months of graduating law school because I got into technology. But the big shot that I didn't take was I was living in Coconut Grove, uh, 25 years old, a millionaire, and I was offered the Starbucks franchise uh, early on. Back then, it was like 250 grand to have a Starbucks in Coconut Grove. And I was such a wimp uh, that I asked my friend to do it with me, and he didn't want to do it. And I I learned a valuable lesson because I chickened out of it. But I would have been one of the first franchisees of Starbucks uh, and in a very hot area, which probably if I would have taken that chance would have led to purchasing more and more Starbucks. And uh, you know, my whole life would have been different. And beyond that, that's the first big opportunity I missed. Uh Um, But as I kept missing them, I started learning uh, to take those chances. And uh, you know, I'm really happy that I finally learned you know, to take the shots. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you being at the age of 25, you think that you're 
more risky, right? You want to take more risk with those with specific like certain opportunities that come up. Was there a specific reason why you didn't move forward with it? Yeah. So I grew up completely poor, and because I it made you know a lot of money fast, I was scared of losing it, and okay. so I spent the early years of my life afraid to lose because I was in a really good business and I kept on making money, but I was afraid to lose it. In fact, you know, talk about manifesting what you want. When I started taking risks and more shots and more shots, as you'll find out probably in this interview, I ended up taking a really big shot to become a billionaire and losing everything. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I do want to fast forward a little bit to, you know, you said that coming around the age of 30, you know, 35, 40, you, you've been through a lot, right? And you're coming up on, on 50 now. And how do you utilize the experiences that you've had from your past to help persuade the athletes that you do business with, the actors and the companies with major decisions? So, you know, I talk about two things uh, with athletes and athletes and athletes and entertainers. One, situational knowledge. Uh, the most valuable asset I have is what I call dummy taps. Uh, so okay. to explain to them that I own and I've made so many mistakes and I've learned from them and that I will be able to transcend those mistakes so that they don't have to make them. And then the second is relationship capital. You know, I can open up all the years of experience in sports and entertainment so that I can accelerate the inner, inner circle relationships that I have developed from running the most notable sports agency with Lee Steinberg, from being the CEO of the first cell phone. Uh, for Samsung called the PCE phone. And then, of course, yeah. Warren and I with the Global Marketing Agency. I use all of those things to accelerate the success, the efficiency, the effectiveness, and statistical success for athletes and, and entertainers. Gotcha. Yeah, you brought up efficiency. That's I, I did attend your event yesterday, um, and you did talk about you know time and how you know there's three aspects to time, but it, it really boiled down to being efficient with your time, right? And when I think about that, I think of, you know, different steps in different chapters in people's lives. And I recently had Phil McConkie on the show who he's a Naval Academy grad. He ended up playing for the New York Giants and he was a Super Bowl 21 champion. And I asked him about when he was transitioning from the military to trying out for the NFL, he he really spoke about understanding what's in front of you, right? And being able to focus 100% of that energy on that next step. Um, you were very open and like you just mentioned when you were 25 or you know early 30s that about your financial troubles you were, you were like hey i have an opportunity to become a billionaire and unfortunately it didn't pan out that way when you went through these troubles and you had to start over what changed for you you know was it you know your mentality your effort your energy level like what specifically changed during that time yeah only one thing changed for me and that was my values and so there's four values that I had lost along the journey of becoming a multimillionaire and trying and aspiring to be a billionaire. That was the four values. One, gratitude. I lost my appreciation or my perspective. And to lose your appreciation, the word appreciation means to gain value. So I started to depreciate my life, surround myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas. I stopped truly having perspective of the past, present, and future. The second was forgiveness. I started carrying myself as an arrogant person and instead of a radically humble person, forgiving others and forgiving myself, most importantly. Third, accountability, you know, understanding that I'm 100% accountable, no blame, shame, and justification. 
And then finally, awareness or effective communication. I stopped connecting and being equal to others as well as being inspired by that which uh, I, I live in the favor of. So, you know, I lived an inspired life. I connected to other people. And I, when I regained those values, everything else came naturally back even quicker, rapidly, and more accurately than ever. Wow. And having these new values, did that change your outlook on risk versus reward on future deals that you that you did? Yeah, because the biggest uh, advantage of those four values is it shift the paradigm of all my values, meaning instead of me trying to achieve and attach my happiness to outcomes and uh, uh, you take and, and think that, I, that I'm creating uh, and taking value for, for my effort, I shifted the paradigm through those four values that I was at service. So I, they, they weren't even risk for me because all I really focused in on was how could I be of service? I changed my morning prayer to make God put in front of me 10 people uh, that I can help. I, I, I changed my focus to how can I be of service and create value? That doesn't mean I didn't want to make money. It was just how much value could I provide in a day and then trust the universe that it would come back to me. Gotcha. Oh, that's great. And so is this the same type of advice that you share with athletes when they're going through a tough time or when they're dealing with adversity? You know, when, when I share uh, my experiences, I, I try to stay in the state of value. So, um, you know, I want to connect them, make themselves equal to me, and then establish the differences of how they're better. And using values, it's easy to do that. So uh, the, the course that I use is to tell them, look, you can change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Let's look at your personal values, you know, your health, your family, love, yeah. character, integrity. Let's look at your experiential values, you know, what you've experienced in the past, the present, and what you hope to experience in the future. Let's look at your giving values. What are you doing for other people? How can you help others and be of service? And then finally... Let's look at your receiving values. And I give them pragmatic advice on receiving and financial literacy and help and relationship capital and situational knowledge. When we look over that foundation, we're able to then give guide guideposts that will give them clarity, balance, and focus that creates the inspiration or confidence that they need. Wow, that's great. That's phenomenal advice. Do you, do you weigh one heavier than, than the others, or is that just the strong foundation that you want to set up for them? That's awesome. So most people, you know, when we talk about balancing your values, they think of some completely organized world, yeah. not one that <laughs> evolves. And so they're always like, well, how do you balance those? 25, yeah. 25, 25. You no, know, it's just like my mom taught me when I asked her when I became a parent. You know, how, how do you raise six kids? You know, how do you treat them equally? You know, because everyone of my siblings all felt that we were treated equally uh, to one another. We grew up and she said, oh, no, I, I don't treat my children equally. I give them what they need. Uh, and so, you know, some of them may have needed to work. Some may need to be to buy them a car. Some needed a scholarship to college. Whatever it was, she gave us, uh, you know, what she felt we needed according to who we are. And that's where the value balance comes in. Some people, they, they have a problem receiving. So yeah. I have to focus in on giving them a better energy and a better understanding and a better thought process and actions for receiving. Other people... They're pleasers and they give too much, right? Other people, they're narcissists and they only give about their personal values and their own experiences. So determine upon where they're uh, out of balances or out of sync, 
is where I have them focus in on that value according to who they are. I'm sure that's pretty rare for, you know, a, a coach like yourself to, to tell them that, you know, because they just think, hey, I'm building my foundation and everything needs to be equal. But you're the one that comes in and says, hey, actually, it's not. There's a lot of other like you need to weigh it differently based off of who you are. So that's that, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, one of the it kind of goes back to one of the main reasons I why I started this podcast in, in Authentic Athletes was to really help transitioning military members. But it's more it, it's evolved more into a sports media outlet that's focused on the lessons from sports. Right. And one of the most rewarding things is when someone reaches out and not only says that they've learned something, but that they're applying it in their life. They're applying it to help them grow. And throughout your career in the sports industry, what is one or some of the most rewarding aspects? Well, throughout my career, the most rewarding aspect is to change a single life. And I've been able, you know, they, I, I've won all these wonderful accolades, uh, you know, for variety, variety magazine, sports humanitarian of the year. And I always, Geez, that I'm not even a philanthropist, that I'm a philanthropist. <laughs> I'm a philanthropist. You know, I, I pimp out athlete celebrities and rich people to raise money for charities. And so the biggest reward is, you know, whether it was working with St. Jude, whether working with Crescent Moon Foundation, giving hundreds of scholarships, or now as chairman of Unstoppable Foundation, uh, where, you know, not only have we educated 32,000 women that would have been married by the ninth grade and circumcised, but provided yeah. water and health and financial literacy. And now I'm raising for my 50th birthday, you know, 50 for 50. I'm doing 50 birthday parties and I have people and companies sponsoring my parties to raise a million dollars to create a leadership and empower program in Kenya to sustain the growth and the expansion of, you know, what right now is a disadvantaged society in, in Kenya. And so the most rewarding thing is those lives that I personally affected presently, but the millions of lives that will change because I've been able to utilize my philosophy of making a lot of money, helping a lot of people and having a lot of fun all over the world now. Yeah, it's impact investing at its finest, man. You're creating, you know, you're giving them money to help them grow their career so they can make impacts throughout their community. That's, that's awesome. Um, and you've helped out obviously so many people. Can you recall a moment when you learned something about yourself or you learned some valuable lesson from, you know, someone that you helped out, whether it was a player or some business that you're managing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, uh, represented a guy named Myron Roll. Uh, and Myron Roll was a Rhodes Scholar and, uh, he chose to go to, to Oxford over entering the NFL as a top draft choice. And I, you know, as an agent, I, I wanted to explain the situation according to his values. And, um, you know, he really wanted to be a brain surgeon. And, you know, I told him that if he didn't go uh, into the draft, that a lot of teams won't draft him and it could affect what went on. And his mm -hmm. primary focus was, being a brain surgeon, although he was the number one recruited player at high school, he graduated Florida State in three years, All-American, you know, and what was interesting is that his family 
had a different perspective, right? They initially wanted him to go to the league. Then they, they totally wanted, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, Jennifer Aniston became the spokesperson for Smartwater uh, in launch when, when Myron was in this uh, circumstance. And the whole family, that six brothers, all with M, you know, the whole family was on top of me going, how come Myron didn't get that endorsement deal? You know, and, you know, I'm like, well, yes, he's smarter than Jennifer Aniston, but that's really not what they're looking for for the endorsement. Nobody really knows who Myron is. He hasn't made the league yet. He's an extraordinary individual. In fact, I hope someday that he becomes president because he <laughs> is one of my favorite clients of all time. He's wow. such an extraordinary human being. In fact, he just graduated from med school, uh, and he gets his philanthropic. But the, le- the lesson I learned was that I asked him because I said, Myron, when I was your age, I did everything my mom said. And my brothers and sisters had a great influence on, on, uh, on me. And I, I said, how is it that you, you really, you make your own decisions. You don't let them influence you. And he gave me a great lesson that I, I teach and I preach. And that's, he said, just because somebody loves you, Dave, doesn't mean they give you good advice. And I've told that, that piece of advice to people all the time. And I learned that and applied it to a situation where my mom told me to be a real lawyer when I graduated law school and not to take a job in the internet because the internet was a fad. And I, t- I took that job in the internet and I learned later on in life from Myron Roll that just because somebody loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. Yeah, that's, that's great advice and something that I think anybody can really apply because obviously when you love somebody, they get they give you advice and you obviously trust that, right? Um, yeah. That, that's, that, and you yeah, end up amazing. resenting them. You end up resenting them when they're wrong. So, you know, I was asking a second grade teacher who never used a computer what she thought about the internet as a career. You know, just because she loved me more than anyone else in the world. That's amazing. And, and I think of Myron, I think of the transition from playing at Florida State and then going off to med school and, and not entering the draft. That's obviously a, a very difficult not difficult, but it's a different transition, right? It's He obviously has a different identity because he grew up playing football and he had two routes that he could have gone. Um, what advice do you have or how would you go about efficiently getting the most experience when entering into a new industry? Unique perspective. And this is probably one of the best pieces of advice that I give to people. And that's if you're looking to get into developing the skills and the knowledge, so number one, you've got to ask for help. You have to ask for mentors, people that sit in the situation that you want to be in. The other is you have to shift the paradigm and give back. So I'm very strategic about, you know, how I would do things. I would go and find the companies that I want to work for, the individuals that I want to work for, see what charities they're involved with, what community activities they're involved with, and go volunteer for those activities or those charities organically you will attract the person that has influence over your future and because you're in a humanitarian philanthropic or giving mode not only will you attract them to you but you'll be more organic and authentic in your ask and they'll be attracted to asking you can i give you an opportunity at my company you'll have the quickest fastest most effective and statistically successful way to enter a new opportunity by giving of yourself and asking for help. 
yeah, it makes me think of joining a team and bringing value to that team. And I, one of the greatest aspects of sports that I like within the team environment is there's a bunch of individuals who come together and they do their specific job. You know, they do their job within the team in order to be successful, right? And you're in a position now where you're building out your team for Sports One Marketing. What characteristics do you look for when you're hiring? <laughs> I've already given the answer, but I'll do it again because yeah. people don't believe me. We have an incredible, incredible way of teaching. Uh, not only do I have an internship program that's world renowned, and we get thousands of uh, resumes, but I only teach four things in my business. I empower everyone with gratitude, empathy, which is forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication. If I can teach that, everything else will, will become uh, come naturally. All the other stuff, and that's what makes the difference, is I elevate the collective belief, the collective values, and the vibration of my business in order to attract more business when people walk into my office, I always get one piece of uh, feedback. Oh, my God, I love the energy of this place. How awesome are your employees? That's because gracious, empathetic, accountable, and effective communicators are successful people. Everything else doesn't mean a thing. The money will come as long as you help the people and have fun. Yeah, that's great. What a what a great and solid foundation that you've built. And it comes off, you know, the the events that I've that I've been to, I've been fortunate to go to, you know, the Rose Bowl event that you hosted and then also the um the couple of ones that you've done with Amp Up. You can tell, you Thank know, you. that that energy is there. Um so you definitely have something going and it's definitely something that other companies and other people can can take and bring as value to another company, right? To help them achieve the same thing. So, Mr. Meltzer, I would like to wrap up I have two final questions for you. First one, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? That's easy. I would tell myself, be radically humble. Ask for help. Ask for help. You know, that, that's the key to life is, you know, you're, you're a giver, you're, you know, even at a young age, but you've got to keep asking for help until, until you die. Ask people that sit in the situation that you want to be in to help you and then always return the favor by being of service. That's the best piece of advice I could have given myself. And if I would have stayed radically humble and asked for help, I would have achieved that billion-dollar goal of mine when I was in my 30s. And I know I will someday, but it's going to come at the right way at the perfect time by giving, not by forcing it to come by taking. Very beneficial advice for anybody, so thank you for sharing that. And final question, throughout your whole career, what's your favorite memory? My favorite memory of my career uh, was that Variety Magazine Sports Humanitarian of the Year Award. Uh, I received it with Seth Rogen and, and Morgan Freeman and uh, Matthew McConaughey, Gina Rodriguez. I was the only non-Academy Award winner receiving. <laughs> I, received, I received this award. And my favorite part, what made it so great, is I had my family and friends there. And my speech that I got to give... Uh, was between Morgan Freeman and Matthew McConaughey. I was the second to last. And I ha they wrote my speech. They were extremely nervous for me because I was with these Academy Award winners, right? Yeah. And so I went in the green room, and Morgan Freeman came off, gave me a hug, said, good luck, son. And I went on stage, and I told the guy to turn the teleprompter off. And he all he said was, don't go over time. And my favorite moment 
was I got to appreciate, but I got up there and I, I made it a really simple speech and I got a standing ovation. I said, I know you're asking yourself two questions. Number one, who the hell am I? And two, why would you give a sports agent a humanitarian award? And I used my philanthropist joke and then I told them that I wanted to thank my mom who was there, who actually helped me raise all this money because she is a black belt in the martial arts, third degree black belt in Jewish guilt. And I've been guilting people <laughs> to raise money for years. And I got a standing ovation. I got to thank my mom, my family, my business, Warren. You know, it, it was the highlight. I walked out there saying, if I never do anything else, you know, to, to have that experience is extraordinary. And, and now I've just got another bucket list item. L'Oreal asked me to be a model. And uh, nice. uh, I, I can't believe that I'm going to be modeling, uh, <laughs> not, not anything sexy, but a gray away, the, the camouflage hair stuff. So I never thought that I'd actually be a L'Oreal model, let alone right before my 50th birthday. <laughs> That's awesome. What a story. And what's awesome about that story, too, is it, it's real. You know, it's you. It's you being authentic and getting up in front of, you know, however many people and, and talking yeah. in between Academy Award winners. So that's awesome. So, Mr. Melser, thank you again for taking your time and for sharing the beneficial advice. I know that all the listeners here will have a – I'm sure they'll listen to this more than once. So thank you again. I appreciate it. Come on anytime, Greg. Thank you so much. Alrighty, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Dave Meltzer. And something that I take from Dave is saying thank you every morning and every night. You know, you'd be surprised at how much it helps your mentality and your confidence. So if there's anything that you take from this conversation, use that. Try it for a week and see how you feel. Before you go, please take a second to share Authentic Athletes with a fellow sports fan. All the links can be found on the website authenticathletestheshow.com. Again, it's authenticathletestheshow.com. Thank you again for listening and have a wonderful day.